There is so much unpredictability in today's financial world. To successfully retire in that environment, it's so important to get on track and stay there. And that's why Steve Davis and Sean Toll of Davis Wealth Management bring you the Path to Wealth and Wisdom podcast. And joining them today to help keep you on the right path, here's Peter St. James. So here we are, brand new year. It's got to be better than last year. One never knows, does well, one? Well, come on. I know. <laughs> Past performance is no guarantee. Yeah, yeah, I got that. For future results. Yeah, right, right. But man, it was it was a rugged year. It's been a tough year. I think for most people, they should not expect anything different. At least the first part of this year is what we're hearing from most economists. Although I've heard 50% say one thing and 50% say another yeah. thing. Uh, let's face it. We're still in some uh, rough, bumpy times economically. We still have high inflation. We still have unemployment at an all-time low. And the combination of these things in an actual, we're in a market correction, which is not abnormal. Right. So, so, I mean, last year is not abnormal. We had a 14-year bull run market. And for that reason, the market naturally, naturally corrects it just happens that it decided to correct in a year with inflation and unemployment right. and COVID. The perfect storm. The perfect storm. Yeah. We'll look back right. and we'll call it a, a, a black swan event at some point in time. I would assume, right, John? Uh, yeah, I, I think you articulate exactly what's happening. You know, the, the you know the market. Let's face it. What what's why is the market going down? Right. We had this incredible resurgence after uh, the pandemic or during the pandemic, rather, and we had a lot of money flooding the markets, which caused inflation. Now the Fed is working very, very hard to slow down this economy, and unfortunately, one of the byproducts of that is what? Higher unemployment. We don't like to see that, but though we're at very low unemployment levels right now, the Fed is working towards towards raising that. Now, now some economists have said that we're just now starting to feel the uh, basis points that were in, put in place in July. Yeah, there's always a lag, right? So there, the, there the is Fed a lag. Will make a move. So we so and they did many subsequent to that, right? And we haven't even felt those yet. No, no. because what happened is they did it very very quickly, right? Right. This the, we had a massive uh, rate increase over a very short period of time, so we haven't even felt that yet. Um, it's usually a much longer time period, twelve to eighteen months. This was done in you know six to nine months, so right. it's going to be some time uh, for that to take effect. And they use they're using different indicators. They're using leading indicators as I mean lagging indicators indicators as as opposed to leading indicators. So a lot of what they're making their decisions on are these these indicators that kind of lag behind when they actually make the move, where there are already leading indicators that show that we're it's having an effect a positive effect on the interest rate bumps. You're seeing the real estate market start to cool off. You're going to see the housing, I mean, real estate and housing. You're going to see automobiles. There's certain things that are already starting to feel it. Yeah. So Right. And but I, I don't I would caution people to be too concerned about the, the markets, right? The the stock market and the bond market and the portfolios because what's what the stock market or the bond market does is it forecasts what's going to happen in the economy. So the economy right now isn't reflecting the uh, the impact of those rates. The stock market is saying, Oh, well that will be happening in the future, so it has pulled in. We should see the stock market start to do better right around the time the economy is bottoming or even a little bit thereafter. So we're in the stock market perspective, we're already in this and hopefully halfway through. Yeah. A lot of people are predicting right now that 
it'll be a bumpy first second quarter right and hopefully we see things start to have a little bit of an uptick between the third and fourth so well i believe uh former uh fed chairman echoed those sentiments uh yesterday uh, he, he had said he's saying recession he's he used the r word uh for the first half of this year getting better the second half of the year so i'm thinking to myself all right um how do i prepare myself for a recession if if, if in fact the the former uh, greenspan said recession all right now i come to you and say what do i do it's a great question and, and it's a pretty simple answer. First of all, that's why I, I go to you. I like simple. <laughs> I like the easy answer, Steve. Thank you. There, there's several places you're going to look to right away. Okay. Uh, number one, what's your uh, discretionary spending? What are you spending money on? That you is it? Do you need it, yep. or do you have to have it? Okay. I will tell you when you go into these time periods, you really want to evaluate what you're spending your money on and say. Is this something I need or do I have to have it? It's a a big difference because right now is not the time to be, if you don't have to do a building project, building costs, contractors, labor rates are high, everything's through the roof. It's all going to cool off. If if you don't have to have it and you just need, you want it, wait. Same thing with buying a car. The other part of the equation is understand, you know, if you're borrowing money or you're using other people's money, what is the interest rate you're paying back to borrow that money? Credit cards are skyrocketing yep. through the roof. So are the banks. So is it a good time to use those credit cards? No, it's not. It's a better time to pay off the debt to avoid paying those higher interest rates and try to operate within your cash, um, within you know what you have allotted yourself to, for cash on a week-to-week basis, month-to-month, year-to-year. Yeah, getting that budget is so key. And we talked to a lot of our clients about it, Steve, right? About when they're entering retirement. Okay, what's your budget going to be so we can help them create that retirement income budget? But this goes for everybody. Everybody should understand what their budget is, how much they're spending, so that if they need to cut back, they can now say, oh, we can easily identify where they're going to have to pull back from. Uh, Another thing that I think people need to think about, and we talked about this just a little while ago, is with a slowing economy, with these rates rising, what's going to happen is we're going to have higher unemployment. So unfortunately, we're going to see more people unemployed. Uh, Amazon just announced 18,000 cuts in their labor force. Uh, Some of the other big employers are doing the same. So it's really important to have a certain amount of cash set aside in the bank so that you can pay your bills if you get laid off and you have no income coming in, right? So make sure you've got a nice cushion in that bank account uh, to cover those expenses should you lose your job. And, and one of the key components also, Sean, is that when we go into these type of economic periods, don't stop saving for retirement. Right now, it's probably one of the best times you could be throwing money into the markets. You're buying at a low rate, and it's the best time. Right. Fundamentals in, in, in the market is to buy low and sell high. So if you're not happy with your overall portfolio and you're getting gun shy and you think, oh, I got to change my allocation changes, this really may not be the best time to do that. You're better off throwing more money into it at these lower costs because these periods of uncertainty are are short-lived. Since the Depression, I think the longest recession I think this country has seen is 22 or 24 months. I'm pretty sure it's 22. But the average time frame since the Great Depression for a recession in this country has been 14 months. 
And we're well past that at this point or getting into that. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So it, one of the things that you mentioned there was, was really key, and, and you can look at it a couple different ways, but let's just talk about rebalancing, right? You have a long-term, somebody's got a long-term strategic approach, and they've got a, a 60-40 portfolio. Let's say 60% stocks, 40% bonds. All right, if that has shifted now, let's say you're now 50% stocks, 50% bonds, maybe it's time to rebalance it back to that 60-40. And what are you doing if you do that? You're now buying those stocks a little bit low increasing that allocation. And if you keep doing that over time, just strategically rebalance, you're going to get back to your risk profile and you're going to be doing some dollar cost averaging too at the same time. You'll be buying low. Um, and if you just let this thing run, I've seen a lot of people, I know you have too, Steve, they come in and they say, oh, here's my 401k or my IRA. It's been this way for 25 years. And the person's 65 years old and they've got 95% stocks in their portfolio, right? It's gotten away from them. It's far too risky for their position. Yeah, and one of the things we use that word risk profile, I think people should understand really what a risk profile is. At our office, we, we do it every three years to make sure that we understand what people's risk tolerances are. So a risk profile is a questionnaire that we put our clients through, and it gives us a point and a gauge to start understanding at what point you become uncomfortable because the reality of it is – when you're in the market, you mm -hmm. can lose money. And so at what level are you comfortable? Are you, are you comfortable if the markets were down 15 to 35% this last year between mm -hmm. the Dow, the S&P, and the NASDAQ, if, if you were down only 8%, are you good with that? Yes. Well, of course. Yeah. So is that risk that we took for you properly gauged? Most people we are sitting with, it's been aligned properly. And so it's really important to understand your risk profile. I can't express that enough. And I, I doubted you when you started telling me this. When you said Bitcoins is the way to go, I went, Steve, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I know. No. Yeah, let, 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 let's be straight no, here. Okay, no, no, Securities no. Exchange Commission does not allow <laughs> yeah. securities licensed people to talk Bitcoin. No, so I, I, just, I, no, I have no, no, no comment on Bitcoin. No, 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 just kidding. Yeah. Um, there was a, there was another. <laughs> I notice I didn't ask you that. <laughs> um, there was a, a another interesting thing about auto uh, prices. Okay, fourth quarter of last year, sixteen percent of car buyers were carrying over a thousand dollars a month in payments. That is a record. That is soared. The year before that, uh, it was ten point five percent. And in the fourth quarter of 2020, it was 6.7%. That now all of a sudden, 16% of the car buying public is financing over a thousand bucks a month in car payments. Cool. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Now you've got used car prices starting to back off. Okay, so now are these people going to be upside down? Are we going to have problems with that now? With with repos and foreclosures and you know the whole thing, there's always that possibility. Sixteen uh, percent. Uh, I want to know what you get for a thousand dollars a month car payment. That <sighs> that kind of floored me right no there. No kidding. <laughs> I mean, I've always tried to keep them in the three hundred dollar. If you know, if they're borrowing it for twelve months, I have no problem with that. But yeah. they're probably <laughs> up to seventy two months of these. Yeah, things. that's the yeah. problem. Yeah. and yeah. that's what they were doing. To, a lot of them were doing instead of sixty months, they were taking them out to eighty months. <laughs> Just lower your payments. Lower well, it's not payments. lowering my payments. Right. Yeah, the only one making out on that are yeah. the banks and the, and the, and the dealerships. Uh, I, I would, you know, it's a conversation we have with all our clients when they come in on the car payment. Yeah. You know, and especially now, if that number's increased, like you said, Peter, 
what's that based on thousand dollars more a month what's the interest rate on that yeah. because it has to have gone up i mean we're getting away from those you know 1.99 percent sure. interest rates mm-hmm. that they would offer mm-hmm. uh you know we already have issues with the mortgage industry right now so there's the what we consider the non-qualified mortgages that you can get so these are mortgages that are issued by um to people who have maybe multiple jobs not a single job right. you know they bring in the proper income they maybe have some shaky credit but you know it's not terrible so these mortgages we're already seeing there's been um recorded well i i read the other day and this is what i read in um in yahoo finance that two of the non-qualified mortgage companies have already filed bankruptcy. Did we learn nothing from the last subprime crisis? From 2008? Yeah. There's a big difference, though, between that and now. There's a lot more cash surplus, which is a big bonus. So I don't want people to start freaking out what happened in 2008, because that was a different story. This is a little bit different. There's a lot of other factors involved. Um, The good news is that most of these financial institutions are... um, have enough cash surplus that you know they're not leveraging themselves out to the max. Yeah, they're much better positioned to handle uh, the loans that they're issuing. And let's think back to the to the uh, global financial crisis when the real estate market collapsed. That was because we were issuing uh, basically collateralized collateralized loan obligations, which means they were, yep. banks were issuing uh, mortgages and then selling them off to aggregators and then we're creating bonds and selling them to the market. And it was just this crazy rush of, of money. It was, the banks could just keep writing these mortgages over and over because they didn't hold them on their books. Uh, and a lot of that has changed. Yeah, uh, but a lot of that was not community banks either. They stayed away from that. It was the other uh, subprime people that were pushing the, pushing the, that, and then adding into their portfolio, then selling the portfolios. Well, well, they did, and then we're going down a rat's, rat's hole here. But uh, yeah, I know. The, other, the other thing was um, one of the uh, senators from Massachusetts at the time um, forced Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac to start buying subprime loans, which right. they always avoided. And it was they were told, you have to start doing it, and that made a market for them, yep. and that's what led to a lot of this. Yep. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. You're absolutely right. But I, 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 any lessons learned from that, hopefully, we're not going to repeat. It was my whole point, you know? It, it, I don't think we'll repeat that. Something else will happen. We just don't know what it is yet. Oh, and that's why the yeah. whole conversation we're having right now about being proactive is so important. Yep. Understanding your expenses. Uh, you know, you hear us talk about that all the time. There are places where you can start to, you know, slim the expenses. Do you go out regularly to eat? You know, is it twice a month? Yep. Three mm-hmm. times a month, four times a month, cut back. Coffee. I mean, I've had this conversation with so many people. Uh, you know, a cup of coffee at one of these places know. It can cost you four or five bucks. That's, you know, every day. I'm making all my coffee at home again. But you know what gets me? When I see people do that, they put it on their credit card. Yes. I'm like, okay, again, if you're paying the, the balance every month, great. But if you're not, what's that cup of coffee costing you? Over the next 10 months. Yeah. <laughs> it makes no sense. No, it doesn't. Impact. And I know it's only $4, but four times five times 10 times 20, it starts to add up. I, I think $4 is on the low end. I mean, yeah. you go to some of these places. Probably is. You, you walk away with one of these big things of, and they got all these fancy names and we're talking six, seven, eight bucks. They can be expensive. So I, I think you have to look at your spending habits and realize going forward we're in for a little bit of a bumpy run and take proactive measures and you'll be fine you'll be fine 
You've been listening to the Path to Wealth and Wisdom podcast, presented by Davis Wealth Management. If you have any questions, call 888-333-3818 or go online to daviswealthmgmt.com. You can also subscribe to the podcast on your favorite apps. Investment advisory services offered through Brookstone Capital Management, LLC, BCM, a registered investment advisor. BCM and Davis Wealth Management are independent of each other. Insurance products and services are not offered through BCM, but are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed agents. The opinions expressed by Davis Wealth Management and guests on this radio show are their own and do not reflect the opinions of this radio station. All statements and opinions expressed are based upon information considered reliable although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Past performance cannot be used as an indicator to determine future results. Any strategies mentioned may not be suitable for everyone. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for you. Before acting on any information mentioned, please consult with a qualified tax or investment advisor to determine if it is suitable for your specific situation. This program is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with regard to subject covered.